It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio.
fix this up here. Something is not going on right. Okay. Okay. But I do want to talk about, talk about uh, uh, Delano, Delano Marie Harris, who was kind enough to send me some of her uh, Cabernet sugar and spice pure homemade seasonings, which I talked about a uh, few weeks ago. And I'm telling you, it's the bomb. It's the bomb. You gotta check it out. It's uh, Cabernet's sugar and spice homemade seasonings. You can get it on Facebook. Cabernet's is uh, K-A-M-O-N. E-Y-A-S, Sugar and Spice Pure Homemade Seasons. Check it out. Okay. I'm going to do, let's take a break real quick and see if I can get this audio situation straight. So hang on, and I will be right back with our special guest.
differences. I don't know, man. I tell you, in the last couple of live interviews, I've had a couple of glitches, but we made up for them. We'll make up for them today, too. I'm going to uh, bring right on special guest, uh, who's not only one of the finest contemporary jazz and R&B musicians, uh, this brother is world-class and world-renowned. Smooth as silk, a beautiful blend of jazz and R&B. This brother's talents have taken him all over the globe with both solo and group performances for over 25 years. I'm a personal witness, and I'm telling you, he's, this brother and his band rocks the house, period. His music, from what I've observed also, is a solid description of himself. Brother was born in Jamaica, raised in Chicago, Brenmar School, and yet another of South Shores. Talented all, world-class musical artist. I'm going to introduce Mr. Aldi Reed. Brother Reed, how you doing, man? Man, I'm doing all right, man. Hey, listen, if you need a job, just let me know. I can take you on the road with me. <laughs> hey, well, I tell you, 
I, I, I tell it like it is, and and, uh, and you bring it like it is. And I'm just putting it out, with, putting it out with there as I've seen and experienced, man. I tell you, you it's, it's beautiful. And All right, I appreciate that. Hey, anytime. Now, what I'm going to do, I'm going to in this case, we're going to take it right, take it back to the beginning. Once upon a time, or in the in the beginning, how did this all start? When did you first set sight on this uh, saxophone, and when did you first feel this interest in music that led to where you are now? Wow, that's a good that's a good question. For me, it started because I never wanted to be a musician. I've always wanted to be a singer. But unfortunately, for me, when I was in high school, you know, you had that elective me to go to chorus or, or to the band. So I was one of those guys, I'm not going to walk around with an instrument. So I went over to the choir, and I, 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 I think I may have maybe sung one note before she showed me the door and told me to go over to the band room. So, you know, so that stopped my singing career, dead in its tracks. And okay. uh, I, walked into the band, I walked into the band room, and uh, uh, the, the band director, uh, Mr. Alvin Lawson, I don't even think the door closed good. He says, sit right here. And I was sitting in the clarinet section, and I was playing clarinet. So all through high school, you know, I played clarinet and uh, picked up saxophone in my junior year. I played with, the, you know, back at that time, it was the All-City um, Concert Band. And we did uh, the performances down at Orchestra Hall and, and a few other little places. So that was a really great experience for me to to learn how to play an instrument and, um, you know, it just prepared me for other things in life. And what, what did that do? You say you, you got into music uh, in, in high school. Or did you get, was it before high school or you got what, what, when you started high school? In high school, freshman okay. year. What, what bearing did that have? How did that change your life? I know, I, because I know that a lot of our schools these days don't have music anymore. And I think it's making a big difference amongst other things. It's not the only thing, but what did that do for you, playing in the band and, and, and learning how to play this thing where people appreciated what you were doing? Well, you know, I, I think for me, what I walked away with was just a real appreciation for uh, getting along with other people. Uh, you know, when you work in a band and, and environment, you know, there's a, oh gosh, anywhere from, 30 to maybe 60 different personalities. And it's not to say that you've got to get along with everybody, but at least it teaches you how to cope with other personalities um, who may not like what you do. So you've got to be able to deal with that, and you've got to be able to move on. You've got to be able to have confidence in yourself, you know, to play the music that's set in front of you. Um, you know, and I think the other thing, too, is, is that music gives you discipline because you just can't be free and willy-nilly, as they used to say. You know, it's, it's a structure. You've got to study. You've got to put in the time. And, and I think right now, you know, you know, we live in a very electronic age where, you know, everybody does things on the computers and so forth. So to see an actual live musician actually perform and, and, and practice his craft without a bunch of electronics, you know, to me, that is priceless. And I, and I think we need to um, get back to that. I, you know, due to the economics of, of society today with um, a lot of the music programs being cut, 
in the school systems across the country, you know, kids who are creative, you know, they may not have an outlet like we used to have. Um, so that definitely cuts down the amount of time that they have to practice on their craft because they're dealing with other issues. Exactly. I, I totally agree. And the, the key word that you mentioned was, was discipline. Discipline. And uh, that's something that's unfortunately been missing. And, you know, when they, when they take such an important uh, part out of the school system, then it leaves just room for other things. And unfortunately, it turns out to be maybe a video game or something like that. But now, when did you get to where you decided that, look, hey, I'm, I'm getting pretty good at this uh, on, and I, I think I can kind of branch out and uh, do something on my own? Well, you know, I, for me, it took me a, a little bit of time because I also worked in the corporate world for a lot of years. But even though I've always played, and, uh, you know, just like I think anything else, you get lucky. But you have to surround yourself with, with individuals who are doing certain things at a higher level because this is going to force you to step up your game. And for me, I was very, very fortunate to be around some really amazing musicians um, coming up. So I had a chance to practice with them, sit down and learn how to play, you know, get talked about, you know, mess stuff up. And so that, I think, really helped me because they took the time to spend with me to say, hey, you know, you need to do this, that, or the other. And so I didn't waste a lot of time doing things that were not going to be productive for me as, as a musician and as a person. So I think a lot of that is, is, is missing today because, you know, where can a young kid go today and to, and to sit in with people who played with Count Basie and Duke Ellington and been on the road with miles, you know, you don't have that kind of experience out there today or the time for guys to sit down and, and try to foster, you know, a, a really good environment for a young musician to get out there and to really understand the business of music. So let, let's go to, uh, we'll, we'll move on and get bring it up to date a little bit. Let's, let's, your, your first show, where was your first performance? This is my own personal experience. Oh, gosh, I can't even talk about my first show on uh, on radio. Okay. The first successful <laughs> well, show. My, my, yeah, good, okay. My first first successful first, show. First one that made me feel like, hey, man, I, I, I got this. I can do this. I was in college, and we're doing a college graduation, and um, we're downtown at the Bismarck Theater, which is now the Cadillac Theater. And I remember uh, we're doing a tune that uh, a fantastic um, teacher, writer, arranger, James Mack, had wrote for a wonderful, wonderful saxophone player by the name of Don Myrick, who was Earth, Wind, and Fire saxophonist. And this tune that we played was called The Feud, and it was then recorded a little bit later on by Ramsey Lewis on his album. And it was written for a five-part saxophone section. You know, it was a big band, and I had the lead. 
And I remember standing up in in front of this in this auditorium, and the auditorium was packed. And I remember seeing a cigarette being lit in the upper balconies, and I said to myself, "Hey, there are a lot of people here." <laughs> and we started the song, and ever since then, I've been playing. It's been like, okay, here we are. Okay. Now you started out, of course, you started out solo, correct? No. Well, you know, as a matter of fact, when I first started out, I used to play with a lot of bands around Chicago. Okay. You know, just, um, you know, just practicing my craft and so forth. And I played background or, as we say in the business, just a sideman to a lot of artists over the course of, of time. And well, then I the- went solo. Hey, Keith, go ahead. Now I was going to say, what, what were some of your best uh, experiences, some of the, you know, those memorable moments that you had coming up, up and coming, uh, working with the, you know, the, you know, the, the stars and well, what they call stars and uh, something that you just, experiences that you kind of will never forget as you were up and coming type of thing? Oh, man, there are so many. I know there's a lot. I had a chance to. Yeah, I had a chance to sit and talk with Bill Diddley uh, one night. Uh, we were getting ready to do a gig, and he came in, and, and we were all back in the room talking, and that, and that was a tremendous learning experience um, there. Um, Bill Atkins, a tremendous saxophone player, used to be with uh, Tom Basie, his lead saxophonist. That was a tremendous experience. Just just knowing him and being able to interface with him was just wonderful. Uh, and then there's you know guys that are here you know right here in the city. Um, Ari Brown, uh, just a, a master saxophonist technician. Um, man, I can go on about Ari for hours, you know. But Ari and a gentleman by the name of uh, Mawate Bowden. You know, took me underneath their wing, and and they were like, you know, this is what you need to do if you're going to be a, a successful musician. And um, you know, it was it was just a very endearing time for me because I was just I was a young guy, I was buck wild, you know, and you know you had these proficient, just dynamic musicians just saying, hey, you know, you need to slow it down, you need to do A, B, C, and D. And so over the course of the time, you know, I just developed a relationship with them, and they took me on gigs that they were doing, and it it was was just fun, you know. So that was my um, learning experience, and I just kept that same worth ethic all through the years, you know, and that's kind of served me well. Um, You know, I got a chance to play with um, Stanley Turntine. He came in uh, to where one of the groups I was playing with performing, he came in and sat in with us for a couple of nights and then um, had the opportunity to share the stage with uh, Mr. McCoy Tyner. Mm. And I was so engrossed in how he plays because, you know, just watching him play, it looks like he's just flapping his hands on the keyboard. But what I heard was not um, of a guy just slapping his hands. I mean, I mean it was just... It was just amazing. So he turned around and he said to me, are, are you going to play or are you just going to watch me all night? <laughs> so, so, you know, it was like, yeah. <laughs> I, I got you started. I did. Uh, wow. 
Wow. Oh, man. I know I, uh, I, you know, I always had this fantasy. I wanted to, uh, you know, play lead guitar. You know, 10 years ago, I bought me a, a real nice washburn guitar. You know, I said, I, I, just, I just wanted to know what it felt like to be on stage playing and rocking the house and looking out there and just seeing people really enjoying what I'm doing up here on stage. I never got there. But I can't fix a computer. <laughs> okay? I, I can't fix hey, a guitar. That's okay. But uh, what, what's that feeling you get when you're up there? Because I know I, when, I, when you opened up at the House of Bain, uh, the House of Bain's first show, and I tell you, man, that was the, one of the best shows I've ever seen. I'm not just saying that. Oh, wow, that was, man. Well, listen. Um, um, the performance, because it, it, your, your blend of jazz and R&B, the way you just kind of smooth it in, and just, it, it just rolls all within itself, man, and it, and it, and it gets, but it rocks us out there in the audience. And I'm looking at you guys, and I'm, I'm saying, I'm wondering how that feels to them, to see us out here really appreciating what they're doing. How does that feel? Well, I'm going to answer that question in, in, in a couple of ways. I, I think as a musician, there's no greater joy than to have an audience appreciating what you do. And I think that alone right there just makes you want to press on and, and to really give it all you have. You know, I, I don't know any musician that's not going to react positively to a crowd or to a, you know, even if it's an audience of two, if you're into what they're doing. And, you know, the House of Being was a very unique situation because, you know, normally when you go and you play in these situations, you've got people talking and and a lot of distractions that are happening. But when you get a crowd who's there for the music and they're there to see you do whatever it is that you're going to do, you better bring it, you know, because you want to leave them with the fact that, you know, this was a great way to spend my evening instead of saying, you know, it was a waste of my time. I could have been doing something else. And I think that's what I always strive for. I always try to, to make sure that you... When you see me play, I want you to understand that this was the best place for you to be for these couple of hours. And I enjoyed having you there. Well, I tell you, it worked. You, you succeeded that night, brother. I mean, it was, it was bumping. And uh, I, it was a night out. And I, I haven't gotten out much because of various reasons, work and so forth. And it was just such a nice change of pace, man. It just brought, it just brought so many years back and being around such, you know, the beautiful people and everybody just getting along, you know. And when, when you see what's happening out in society today and you get in an environment like that, it's like the bomb. It was beautiful. And, and it's been that way ever since at the house. Oh, uh, yeah. You, um, I, I, think, I think Joe and Darius and those guys are doing a great job, you know. And, and you know, they're trying to bring something back to our neighborhood, you know. And I think music is a great media for that. It's something that everybody can get into. And it also, uh, you know, Joe has done a great job. Joe Stroder has done a great job at bringing, you know, what we call the young lions in. You know, the young guys who you would never really get a chance to hear. But these guys are playing their little butts off, man. I mean, it's just amazing, you know. And, um, and I think in order for talent to flourish, Talent has to have a place where talent can grow. And um, I, I think Joe and them is giving all of the Chicago Lions musicians, whether they're the young Lions or the old Lions, a place to come and really do their thing. 
and I, and I think you're beginning to see that, um, you know, within all the variety of music that he's bringing into that particular situation. Now you, uh, okay, we have the House of Bang, but I know you perform. Uh, you have a pretty good schedule. You, I know Pinstripes is a big venue for yourself, and. Uh, yeah, what, Pinstripes what has been a. Go ahead, go ahead. Well, you know, yeah, I do pinstripes, I, I do private parties, um, you know, weddings, divorces, uh, funerals. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm an all-around musician, man. <laughs> you know, I just keep it going, and that has worked pretty well for me. But pinstripes is a very unique spot. Um, you know, that's a different environment, um, restaurant, uh, bocce ball type of deal. But it's a very, very nice, cohesive place. And uh, we've been getting good, good crowds there for the last few years that we've been out there performing, and it's been really a lot of fun. You know, we play a lot of different music. You know, it's not often I get a chance to play the BGs and 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 those kind of guys, but we do the whole gamut. So it's so it has forced me to relearn some other genres of music and to develop more R&B, get back to my R&B side a lot more, and you know, it's fun. It's been a lot of fun. Now, how often do you get together? Because I know, of course, you can't just go and, you know, if, you, if you're playing in a venue, you got to change it up a little bit. You know, how much work is that to actually go in? And because, you know, when I was watching you guys play, I mean, you stop on a dime and you pick it right back up and you move into something else and come right back into it. That takes practice, brother. That, that's how it works. Well, you know, I, I think what, I mean, does it come just naturally with you? Or how do you, how often do you kind of get together and just go with a go with a routine? Well, you know, I don't want you to laugh at me, but there is no such thing as a routine. Okay. Um, I've been very, very, I've been very, very honored to have some fantastic guys in my band, and we don't rehearse. You know, what you hear live is just what it is. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Because you can't, you know, you can't rehearse that type of intensity. Wow. So what you heard right there is just, is right in the moment. So you guys you know, are just, and, 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 just feeling each other, man, pretty much. That's, that's what it is. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Awesome, you know, um, I play at a uh, place called Close Ups 2 in downtown Chicago. And a couple of years ago, um, you know, the guys were like, well, what are we going to play? I'm going to say, well, play whatever you feel. And ever since then, man, we have been just really ripping it really, really hard, you know, because all of us got to go home and learn. You know, I don't tell the guys that unless we have a special guest coming in, you know, to sit in with us for the night. I don't tell the guys, hey, you know, go learn ABC. Okay. So when we come to the set and we perform, the audience is not only getting a organic experience, but so are we. Because we're communicating as we wind our way down the road. Uh, since we're talking about the band, now who are the other members of the band? Let's let's give them a little, little play also. Who 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 are you with now, and how long have you guys been together? Oh gosh, we've been together now. I'm I'm going to say maybe about eight or nine years, on and off. Um, and I say on and off because sometimes the guys 
go out on the road with other folks, and I have to get in um, another musician to replace them. But the main core is Brother Derek Henderson on drums, and we call him the Fat Timekeeper. He's a uh, fantastic drummer. He's played all over the world, Japan, Thailand. He just goes. You know, he's a very uh, highly talented drummer and, and highly requested. On bass, we have, I simply call him Dr. Will Howard, songwriter, producer, uh, fantastic bass player. Uh, he's like a walking songbook um, to me. And then on keyboards, we have Mr. Salt Black. Um, he's a three-time nominee, Stella Award, uh, Grammy-nominated keyboard player, arranger, writer. And he's basically, you know, set the groove for the band. And then when he's in town, we have Mr. Alan Burroughs. Um, Alan played uh, many, many years with Art Porter. He played with oh. Miles. He played with Miles Davis, Art Porter, um, and he plays with a lot of other different people around town right now. So he's always in and out. Whenever he's in town and he can join us, it's always just a just a fantastic blast to have him on the set. And that's the uh, that's the heart of the band. Now the band goes from those five pieces all the way up to sixteen, depending on what type of gig that we're doing. Um, you know, if it's a dance gig or it's a big corporate gig and they want the 16 pieces, we go all the way up for that. And then we just play strictly R&B and dance music. Man. I'd like to see one of those 16-piece joints, brother. I mean, the five is just enough for me, but I'd really be interested to see how you fit how you fitting in with, with that type of group. That, I, I, know it's, well, I, I know it's beautiful because I've seen it on YouTube. I've, I've done my homework. Guys, uh, oh, yeah, I see. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you this. Uh, yeah. I know George Benson, you know, great jazz player, had this thing where yeah. he, he made it a point that his people don't, when he sleep, not to wake him up. Now, you, you write also, is that correct? That's correct. Okay. And his his thing was he, in his sleep, he, he, he may come up with a rhythm, and if you wake him up, he could lose it. How, how how does it come to you when you're writing and when, when you're trying to put together a, a song? How does it come to you? Is anything particular that brings it to you? Or do you I mean, does it come in thought or just in passing? You say, "Wow, I I just felt something." That how does that come to you when you're putting a song together? Well, you know, if everybody puts it together a little bit differently, but for me, because I play a single note instrument, it comes to me in phrases. And I take that phrase um, and develop a thought or an idea. Um, and that's something that we do live on the set also. You know, I may just start to play something, and this thing, you know, we develop and develop that song into a, you know, into a real live tune. So when I tell you that organic is what we do, that's just how organic we are on the set. Okay. You know, and then we and we come up with an arrangement, and and we're actually working out the arrangement right on the gig. <laughs> I know that sounds crazy, you know, but you know. Oh no, it sounds impressive, brother. I'm like I'm in like in awe, you know, that uh, because I've, yeah. I've heard, I've seen you live in a living color. I'm saying that uh, 
you couldn't tell me that you guys must rehearse. How do you have time to do anything else besides do a gig and then go rehearse and sleep and then do a gig and rehearse and go and sleep? Uh, this is spontaneous, and I, I'm really going to see it in even a more different light once when I see you again. I, you know, it, it's that's that's deep to me. Oh yeah, yeah. But you know, I I, I think what you know for me, you have to have the right guys, just like anything else. You know, you sure. have to have the right people in the right situation, and you can't have somebody who's not willing to put themselves out there. Because when you're playing with a small group, you know, um, I always say that I have to be the weakest member in the band. Because if I'm the weakest member in the band, we're going to be all right. I It's a good way to look at it. So. Yeah. And, and and that's the way it's got to be for me, you know. Um you know, you've you got to be able to bring it, and the guys that are around you have to make sure that you can stretch and, you know, that everybody's locked in and, and you find your place, you know, because every instrument has a job but within the song. You know, the drummer, you know, he's driving stuff. you got the bass player. He's setting the foundation. He, want, he needs to keep you there. You know, the keyboard player needs to add those little sweet, pretty little colors, gives you some strings, gives you some different emotional touches. And who's ever up front leading, you've got to be able to, to take that song in a direction that will not cause everybody to crash and burn. Mm-hmm. So once you're able to do that and once you're able to, to know a song, and then you can interpret it any way you want to, and it won't throw people off. This is very interesting. I knew it would be, but it's even more so, at least for me. I hope. But, oh, as a matter of fact, I didn't Oh, I'm, I'm still looking forward to talking to you. I didn't say anything about the call-in number. If somebody wants to call and have something to say, whatever. <laughs> I'm just taking over here. Sorry. Uh, hey, so hey, Seven one eight six six four nine five one three. If you want to call in, have a question for Mr. Aldi Reed, a comment, compliment, uh, whatever you want to say, uh, feel free to do so. I, I, I'm hoping to eventually get to we have more uh, call-in participants, but uh, that's fine because uh, the archives are off the chain. And if those who are not hearing it now, believe me, uh, oddly, Mr. Aldi Reed, you will be heard. No doubt about that. All right, my brother. Uh. Now let's 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 take it overseas, man. You haven't just been doing things in Chicago. You've been on you've been on different continents, and you've been across the waters, and you've been in Asia and uh, Canada, Europe, Jamaica, Mexico. Uh, man, what what what? How are you? What what are some of the more interesting receptions that you get when you're overseas? How do they how do they differ from what you see here, or do they at all? Well, you know, it, well. You know, I, I think the biggest thing that gets me, especially when you go to Europe, you know, the European audience is there for the music, and you better be playing. You know, I, I mean, it's just, it's just, it's just amazing. It is just that, you know, just that level. If, if you think that you're a saxophonist, you better be playing, man, because they, they know every song, you know. <laughs> They can almost tell you some of your music better than you can. So, um, you know, that's a that's a very different appreciation uh, for that. 
and and a lot of the clubs or places around there, they are within arm's reach of you. You know, it's wow. not like you're sitting sometimes, you know, 40, 50 feet away from the audience. You, you know, sometimes you're in a very tight proximity, and they can even hear you breathe. You know, which wow. I think is just is just just an awesome thing. You know, I, you know, the closer the audience, um, just like the house of being, you know, it's not often that you can just literally just reach out from your table and, and touch the keyboard player. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? So that's a real cool environment. But, you know, when you travel overseas and you play in those different countries and, you know, um, you know the jet lag gets you, you got to get used to the food a little bit. And so, you know, getting your rest and, and trying to eat properly when you go overseas is, is just really, really important, you know, because you're coming off that plane and, and a lot of those plane rides overseas are, you know, they're, eight, nine hours. So it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a little bit of a physical plus a mental thing. And then you've got to get ready to go do your show. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah, so the, uh, what, what type of stints do you do? Like, say, for example, you go to Japan or, or Thailand, and do you, you stay up for a while, a couple of weeks, or you, you know, in and out, or you, you kind of make a circle around the globe and kind of just hit different spots on your way around to get back home? Well, you know, right now um, it, it's more like you you go out and you do a couple of um, spots here and there, and you may make a couple of countries depending on where you are or if the tour is going to set up that way. But over the last couple of years, it's been more in and out. You know, you go over, you do a couple of days, get your rest, and then you're back. You know, the ideal situation would be to do a European tour or an Asian tour, Um but, you know, there's a lot that goes into that in terms of planning and and, and getting your uh, promotions and stuff out there. But, you know, you know, the one or two-day hits overseas are always a lot of fun. You know, they just kill you physically in terms of jumping on the plane, going over there, doing a gig, then coming back, and then next week you're out to somewhere else. But they're fun. So if they're fun, that means they're appreciating what you're doing while you're there. Oh, oh, absolutely. Is, is absolutely. there any place in particular that you kind of like really look forward to going back to, or that you really enjoy more than more than the rest of them? You know, I I would have to say that Jamaica and and also the Bahamas. Man, I had a, I had a lot of fun in the Bahamas, uh, and in Jamaica. You know the. Um, I'm a tropical guy, you know, so I love I love the warm weather. So um, I'm, I'm a little biased on that. But mm-hmm. I I thought I thought that uh, Japan was just really really interesting, very very fascinating. Um, you know the culture, um, you know the foods. Mm-hmm. So so you know you get into you know you get into all those different things. And you, uh, you know, you just try to enjoy the country, man. I mean, wherever you, wherever you are, it's a different culture, it's a different way of life, um, you know. And you have to be, you know, alert and sensitive to all of that stuff. So, I, you know, I would say that, you know, musicians who are lucky enough to travel uh, abroad, you know, they get a different feel, they get a different touch, 
then they come back home and they sometimes there's a little bit of an adjustment period there, you know, depending on how long you've been out. Um, so, but, but man, you know, it's, it's just the greatest thing. So what's what's going, what's in store now? What do you have anything uh, coming up? Are you working working on any particular project? Anything we should be looking out for uh, musically? I know that uh, you're coming up at the House of Bing, I believe, on the twentieth. I believe it is. Uh, yeah, uh, one yeah. of those days. Yeah. But, but yeah. And as a matter of fact, if you want to, Ollie, hold on a second. I have a call. Isn't that something? I have a call. Are we going to see who this is? Okay. Am I? Okay. No, go right ahead. Okay. Hey, this is uh, Everyday People. Who's calling? This is Zenobia from Chicago. How are you? Welcome to the show. Well, thank you. Hello, Audley. How are you? Hello, Zenobia. How are you? <laughs> I'm great. <laughs> you, know, I have to, you know, I have to laugh. I said, Zenobia. I said, wait a minute. Okay. <laughs> Well, I have to say, for anybody who has not heard you play, they're missing a treat, a real treat. Wow. I make I make it my business any time that I can to make sure I'm at your show. Anyone I that I can, I can make it to, I make sure I'm there. Well, you know, you've done that. You've <laughs> done that. Uh, I, I mean, you know, so, and listen, I appreciate it too, believe me. Because, you know, where I play at at Pinstripes is not exactly in the city. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's all, it's, it's all good, you know. It's all good. Well, one oh, thing yeah. that's exciting to hear is that you all don't rehearse. I would have thought that it was rehearsed a lot. I mean, it sounds great. So I, I, I look forward to well, I know you're going to get close up again uh, this month, I think it is. So. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're close up some. Yeah, the 13th and the 14th. 13th, 14th, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I have to make my way downtown. (laughs) Oh, yeah, well, come on through, you know. Come on through. I'm actually texting with uh, Vivian. (laughs) 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 I know she's probably laughing as she's listening to the show. (laughs) Yeah, 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 she's listening to the show. It's (laughs) It's It's not fair trying to, you know, talk on the phone, text. <laughs> you know, multitask. <laughs> well, kudos from all of your fans in Chicago. All right, dear. Appreciate you. All right. I really appreciate you calling. Thanks for calling. You take care here. Oh, thank you. All right. Bye. That's what I'm talking about. That's what oh I'm yeah, about. man. Okay, spread the love. Share the love, man. Show show the appreciation. I was kind of making a comment about that at the end of this Larry Shapiro show about. We need to start uh, being better to each other and complimenting each other and just, you know, just seeing things in a different light, man. I, I, I appreciate that call. You know, we, we, that's, that's, those are the little things that we need, you know? Well, well you know, it's, it's just like anything else. You know, when you've got individuals or, or a group that really come out to see you, you know, that's always a very, very great thing, you know? Because you know that outside of the music that they have some kind of general interest in your well-being. And that brings everything to a whole other level. Mm. Good stuff, man. Really good. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, you, you were saying earlier that you do, uh, you do all kinds of shows. You do uh, what, 
whatever people want, really. You even do private shows. Uh, somebody wants to to uh, get a hold of you and have you perform for them, what route would they take in order to do that? I know you have a website. Is all of that information within the website? Yeah, yeah. My website is just my name. It's just Audley Reed, A-U-D-L-E-Y-R-E-I-D.com. And, you know, my playing schedule is out there. If you like, you can go out and join my mailing list. Um, you know, we've got music on the site. We have videos on the site. Uh, and it's just really um, uh, a fun site. Vivian Bailey takes care of my site for me, so she makes sure that it's up to date and everything is there. And for those individuals who are promoters um, looking to book things, I have on my contact page, you can reach me and get all my booking information. And um, I have my EPK, my electronic press kit out there. So if you need anything, you can just go out there and just download it. We'll be more than happy to work with you. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at that site right now. And uh, Vivian, she be commended. This is, a, this is a really well put together site. Yeah, man. Well, thank you, man. Very good. Site. I can't. I can't even. I can't even draw a straight line. So somebody had to do it. <laughs> <laughs> but that's uh. Oh wait. Yeah. This is this is uh this is really interesting. I've been been, been enlightened. Uh, so, uh, what's happening with you this weekend? Where where are you going to be performing coming up? Well, this weekend um, I'll be out in South Barrington at at, pin, at Pinstripes, you know. And I I don't know how big of a Facebook audience that you may have, but you know they can always reach me on Audley Read Two. And the reason why it's Audley Read Two is that my first page, unfortunately, got hacked. Oh. And I had, yeah, I had well over 5,000 people on there, and, you know, I guess the hackers just went to town. So I had to open up a new page, and so my new page is Audley Read 2. And then I have my band page, which is called the Audley Read Band. And that's my fan page, so... If you can go out, you can definitely send me a friend request or do a, a, a like on the fan page. And that way uh, you can also on my website, you know, I love to have people, you know, interact. You can drop me a little note or you can um, join my mailing list. And that's the easier way to keep up with me. Now, what what have you not yet done? Is there any that that a venue that you just can see yourself even today maybe wanting to perform in or what 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 goals do you still have out there that you're still waiting to, you know hoping to get to or maybe something to even get back to that you've been before but you want to return to it well you know I, I always have wanted to do the uh, Catalina Jazz Festival out in California you know I've, I've had the uh, I've had the great fortune of, of playing a lot of places around, and all of them are really, really nice spots. You know, but Catalina, uh, you know, I've only seen the island. I've never been on there, but it looks like such a fun place. And I know they do um, a couple of festivals out there. So that's something that I'm really looking at trying to get out to in 2014 uh, to do. You know, one of the pictures that you had scrolling on the, uh, on the introduction of the show was taken at a place called um, was the Ritz Carlton at Half Moon Bay, right in right in between San Francisco 
And I did a private party out there for um, a group of, um, I think it was 100 black women. And I happened to uh, be out there, and they turned out to be really great. So I wound up playing for the weekend out there for them. And they took pictures for me. So that picture that you have with me holding the saxophone and the white shirt, okay. that was taken right on the property of the Ritz-Carlton. And there's a, um, a golf course. And right beyond the golf course is the Pacific Ocean, and it just hangs on the cliff. And, uh, man, man, what a beautiful spot. That That is a beautiful spot. Wow. It, it, it's it's got to be something to uh, be able to make a living doing what it is that you love. And not only do you love it, but people love you doing it. I mean, I don't, I don't see how you can get any better than that. I mean, that's got to be the, one of the best feelings that a person can have. I mean, what more can you ask for? Uh, well, you know, I'm, you know, I'm gonna tell you, doing doing music or or anybody who's a entrepreneur, because when you become a musician and you do this full time, you are a entrepreneur. You know, because if you don't get out there and make it happen, no one's gonna make it happen for you. You know that you know your paycheck or whatever you may get. You know, if you don't get out there and knock on those doors and make those calls and develop those relationships, you're not going to make any money. You're not going to get paid. So that's your incentive to get up and get at it, you know. And, um, you know, there are a few things that we all deal with in this music business, uh, you know, the good, the bad, and the super ugly. But in order to keep out of the super ugly, you got to be able to deal with the good and the bad, and that just means you really got to stay on it. You got to stay focused, and you know you got to develop a little bit of a tough skin, but you got to keep it moving. Yeah, I, I can I can imagine. Now, just for uh, history purposes, historical purposes, I, I want to uh, go back a little bit and, and bring up Mr. Lawson, and, and I, I know that he's influenced quite a few. You know, all pretty much all of the greats during our time and a little bit after that came out of Chicago has been came out of South Shore have been really influenced by this gentleman. And I, I want for for documentation purposes for you to just go into what Mr. Lawson has meant to you as a musician and even as a person coming up in those days. Man, man, we don't have enough time to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> you know. You know, outside of him being a um, a music teacher for us, you know, he was also a very, very amazing musician in his own right. And I, I, I remember that um, he used to eat lunch in the band room all the time, and he would have his little celery and carrots, uh, you know, and then he'd practice for about a good maybe... 45 minutes a day on his clarinet. And and, and mind you, this is a, a high school band director, and this man is practicing every day. And I don't mean he's just messing around playing, you know, little, little one to twosie stuff. I mean, he was at it every day. And I'm like, guy, you know, that type of dedication to the craft, you don't see that every day. I mean, you know, uh, I can't speak for all of the music teachers out there, you know, in the world, but from the guys that I've seen, you know, they still practice every day. 
And and we're not talking about any guys who are slouch performers. I mean, they can flat out play, and they still practice every day. And that's and and that's what got me about Mr. Lawson. He you know, um, he was a woodwind player, uh, an amazing clarinetist, an amazing saxophonist. As a matter of fact, I I remember that uh, I broke my clarinet, and he gave me his clarinet to play, and I thought that was just so cool. You know, I couldn't play it, but he gave it to me to play on, and it was just like a world of a difference. And I knew then that, oh, gosh, I said, man, your clarinet feels so differently from the one that I have. And he, and he told me, he says, well, maybe one day when you learn how to play, you can get one yourself. <laughs> so, and, and, hey, and, and you can. <laughs> yeah, yeah so, I, so I worked at it, you know. <laughs> Yeah, man. But oh gosh, wow. Yeah, he's uh, you know he's left quite an impression on uh, on all of us. You know, uh, Glenn Burris, you know, went and did um, some work with Miles Davis, uh, the man with the Golden Horn project. You know, Glenn wrote a couple of tunes on there. Um, you know, you brought up George Benson earlier, uh, Mike White, just a just a super amazing drummer. Uh, played with George, spent a lot of years with Frankie Beverly and Mays. Um, you know, just amazing. Uh, Kenny Crutchfield, uh, Blair Mathis, uh, you know, and even Joe Stroder played trumpet. Wow. It, yeah, so I mean, that's just to name a few. And, you know, one of the guys that, you know, I, I won't get into the politics of it, but he was just a marvelous saxophone player. His name was Mo, uh, Juan Maldolano. And um, I've lost track of him over the years, but but my goodness, man. You know, I, I think that if he would have um, continued to perform, I, I think that in my mind, you know, you wouldn't have to worry about listening to a Boney James or anybody like that. That's just how off the chart this guy was. You know, and he was out playing with everybody, even when we were in high school. Um, but he decided to take another route and get into the business world, which he's done quite well over the uh, course of um, time. And then we have um, Little Sax, Diane Ellis, who's just been just a consummate professional since day one, since I've met her. And she's just doing big things. Yeah, yeah, she's doing doing great things. Um, The relative of Jimmy Ellis, um, a Chicago treasure here. And then you have um, a gentleman who graduated right when we came into school, and he comes back and he does the jazz festival here last year, Mr. Steve Coleman, who's just a world-class saxophonist, arranger, writer, uh, you know, and he's got uh, Robbie Coltrane was in his band for a little while. So he's, he's so South Shore has had a, uh, a very rich and deep music history across the board. Yeah, uh, this... It, my show has pretty much taken a South Shore uh, route, and which is great for me. Uh, it doesn't have to just be that, but there's so much talent coming out of South Shore, and so many good people that are coming out of South Shore. I could pretty much probably ride South Shore and just keep this this show going for quite a long time. 
Oh yeah, and, so, and, and you know there was a there was another guy too. Um, he's here in Chicago. He leads a band called Detour. Mr. Phil Z. He plays the guitar uh, primarily, and he sings. He's just a a super talented guy. He's a South Shore grad. They're out there. They're out, everybody's welcome, but if if, uh, if if I can't get them, and I'm, uh, I, I'll keep on rolling with what I got, and I'm doing, I'm happy with that. I'm just doing this. Oh yeah. Uh, this is a great conversation. I'm, I'm again humbled and to, to have you on. I appreciate you taking the time. Uh, hopefully, uh, people will uh, take heed, check out your uh, web page, give us all the information. If, if they want to uh, throw a party, a reception, and, and have live entertainment, I'm telling you, you cannot go wrong with uh, the Audley Reed Band. You, you know, check it out, and spread the word, and and uh, take it from there. But uh, you, yeah, and um, and we travel. You can work it out. Making difference where you are. Yeah, yeah, and we and we all are uh, passport ready. <laughs> ready to go. I hear you. <laughs> So anything in, anything in closing uh, that you might want to uh, spread or share with everyday people, anything that maybe I didn't quite cover that you may have wanted to get out there but we just had to hit on uh, uh, that you might want to put out there for uh, the everyday people to hear? Well, you know, I, you know, the only thing that, uh, you know, by being a musician, you know, you, you run across uh, a lot of different people. Some are happy, some are sad. You know, the thing that I always try to maintain is, you know, you got to do what makes your heart happy. It may not be the best thing for people looking in at what you want to do, but as long as your spirit is happy and you're doing things that are going to be impacting in a positive way, go ahead and pursue your dreams, man, because, um, you know, if, if you can't pursue them, who will? And don't worry about all the no's that you're going to get, um, you know, people are not going to love you just because you play saxophone or sing or whatever. You know, but if you believe in your craft and what you're doing, push on. You'll find a way to make it happen. I'm down with that. I'm down with that. And with that, I'll say, brother, uh, much appreciation for you. Uh, you. You've got something great going on. I'm looking forward to uh seeing you at the next house of being and, and at other venues also we got to spread the love too uh you, you're, you're oh, yeah. place and, uh, we'll we'll but i tell you uh you guys are great man you are world class world class yeah well, well we we all appreciate your support man and thank you so much for having me i know that we we're playing hit and miss there and i have to apologize because of my little crazy schedule but you know i well, made sure I that i was here for you today and i appreciate it and uh We'll talk again, man. Maybe as things transpire, as things pick up a little bit, we can get you back on and we can see what's been happening from uh, here to that time. Well, I, I appreciate that. And, you know, and look out for me, too. I'm, hopefully we'll be done with my new CD March, April of next year. And uh, I'd love to come on and uh, sit down and have a chat with you uh, and tell you about that journey. Any anytime you there's something going on you want to put out, brother, you're always welcome to come here. This is one place you have the key to. Not a problem. All right, my all right, my Chris, brother. I appreciate Chris, that. You take care of yourself. All right, Keith. You too, my man. Appreciate it. All right. Bye bye. All right. Bye bye.
great conversation, I thought. Uh, hope everybody was uh, able to listen in. Those who weren't that end up listening to the archive can uh, just see things from the angle of the musician. You know, I, that's what I wanted to do. Get, get, see things from their angle. I'm, I'm used to usually in the audience and, uh, you know, rocking with the audience and checking them out. And I've always wondered, well, how, how are they feeling up there looking back at us, getting into what it is they're doing? That's got to be an excellent feeling. Like I said, I bought a guitar with the hope of doing that, but for various reasons, it never happened. I might even donate the guitar to a kid in schools and a band that needs one, uh, sitting up drawing dust in, in my closet. But anyway, so that is... Uh, I want to thank Mr. Audley Reed again. Uh, yeah, we, we've been, I've been trying to get him on for a while, but uh, you know, when you're a musician, you got to do what's happening. And a couple of times, uh, I've had other things going on, but I'm glad we got this in. I'm glad we got this documented. I'm glad we had this call, uh, the conversation uh, in the history books. But before I cut out, I'll just uh, ask if anybody took key to what I was talking about uh, a couple of weeks ago when I was saying as far as uh, us treating each other better. If anybody's actually given it a try, uh, practiced it uh, in a situation that they normally might have reacted one way, but this time because of, you know, thinking about it, may have tried another approach that was more calm and appropriate and cool instead of getting upset or mad you dealt with it in a different way, you know, a little more understanding. You took control of the situation and didn't let the situation control you. And uh, that's, that's all I was trying to say then as far as reaching that deep down within yourself because everything that you have is right there. Gentlemen, I'm going to keep saying that. You may say, man, you just said that. Why well, I'm saying it again? Because we need to hear it. You know, but dig deep down within you and bring up all that resource, all that power that you have all that intelligence, all that love that's down there waiting on you to come down and get it and bring it up and understand it. Understanding it means you're going to understand you. It's going to make you a better person, I'm telling you. I, I, I know it because I've, I've done it. it it's, 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 it's changed my life, uh, reaching within me instead of reaching out for something to do something for me, reaching within me and grabbing everything that I had within myself and taking control of that and learning to love that because when you love that you love your God it's the man in the mirror it's all about you you got to take charge and uh, I'm telling you it's a life changing, changing experience and uh, I'll leave it at that but as far as uh, the show. I'm going to shut it down here. Uh, I had some other things I was going to talk about, but I got it. Other stuff I got to get ready. I got a dispatch. That's okay. They're going to pay me. So uh, I'm going to shut it down, but it looks like we're still growing and growing every day. Uh, we're going to keep it rolling. I want to keep it positive. I'm going to keep it down to earth. I have a lot of ideas. I might even expand to another day. I'm thinking of doing a Sunday evening show at the same time. Uh, I also want to do something that focuses on our youth. I want to get, try to get some of the younger uh, folks involved and, you know, 
let them be heard because I think a, a lot of in the cases they, they are not. So in the name of whomever or whatever your spiritual power Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. 
There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ShumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.